When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've got Colin J. Smith. He is the principal with Global Media Sports. Now, what he doesn't know hasn't been made up yet. So Colin joins the show now. Colin, really appreciate you chatting with us today. Thank you. I really look look forward to having a chat with you. It's a really important topic. Yes, it is. And just... I was thinking about TV through my lifetime. Way, way back when I was a kid, we had a black and white TV with one channel. Then it went two, and we thought it was luxury. We've seen the introduction of satellite TV with Sky here with all of our sports on there. There was a streaming service called Spark, which has just announced it's folding. They couldn't compete. And then we've got streaming services as well. Can you give us a bit of a path of the sports broadcasting landscape, maybe for for the last ten, fifteen years, where we are, where we have got to now? Okay, it's a really good question. So, what has changed in that in the last ten years has been the arrival of major players on, firstly, on pay television, and we saw that in in New Zealand. Uh, with Sky, we saw that in Australia with Foxtel, and we've seen the the huge uh, sports broadcaster on cable in the United States of ESPN, which is owned by Disney, and that's been the trend right around the world. Now, what's happened since then has been the arrival of what is called OTT. In other words, it's a streaming across the internet of content, and that's had a huge growth and it's embraced been embraced globally by people like you and I who are wanting to watch our own programs and being more selective on what we what we actually view and the change to that is meant that the prices that pay television used to charge on a monthly rate was quite significant where now I can get an OTT service you know, generally for about $10 a month to $15 a month. So, you know, purported savings. And there is a massive OTT services out there, especially in the world of sport. And But the key challenge, and this is another global issue, is for sport, you need the premium sport and the must-watch sport. So in the case of New Zealand, the must-watch sport is clearly, unequivocally, um, rugby. And say in Australia, that would be the AFL and the NRL. And so if you've got those, the consumer, the sports fan, will certainly engage with you. The other problem, though, and in your questions in the lead-up to this, is none of the providers are actually making a huge amount of money right now. In fact, most OTT providers, including in sport, are loss makers. So it's a, it's a really interesting world how it's changed in the last 15 years. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, because what we're seeing, Colin, and I've always said, um, 
New Zealand's strength and New Zealand's weaknesses, we've got a small population. So I don't see New Zealand rugby creating its own broadcasting arm and selling pay-per-view matches because there just wouldn't be enough subscribers. So it sits on our satellite platform. In America, we're seeing NBA have a streaming service, NFL, ice hockey, all of these things have their own streaming service. And it's like going to the... You don't go to the supermarket and put stuff in your trolley you don't want. But with our full package at Sky, you know, I get the food channel and a comedy channel and a document. I don't want all that. I just want my sport. But I have to get the whole lot to watch my sport. Can you see that changing for a market small like New Zealand? It's um, it's tough because what, news, what Sky needs is you having the broad package so they can monetize um, across not only on rugby but on all the other services. So they, yeah, they're trying to extract uh, more dollars from you to make it equitable for them. And frankly, that's because of the the rights fee they have to pay New Zealand rugby, which is very significant. Um, I think the last deal was over a hundred million New Zealand dollars. Mm. Um, that's very significant. So how they get a return out of that is you, because New Zealanders love their rugby, um, and so therefore I will subscribe to Sky to get rugby, uh, but therefore I'm going to get a broader package so I, um, Sky can get, you know, frankly, more fees out of you to make it viable for them. Can you tell me in Australia, because I've never lived in Australia the the model over there, so there's you've got your channel nine, seven, ten, you've got Fox, and then there's this player called KO, and it seems like KO uh, has most sports, but they're they're not the broadcast partner. I I can't get my head around it. Okay, so uh, it's a good question, and we're we're a little bit different to New Zealand in the sense of we've got a thing called anti siphoning in Australia, where the government decrees that certain sports and certain sports events must be on free-to-air television. Mm-hmm. And when and we're now changing, free-to-air television can be linear or it can also be streamed. So um, Channel 7, for instance, has in the new deal for the AFL, will be able to broadcast AFL both on their linear TV but also streaming um, and that's the, w- the way of the world. Now, in Australia, our pay t- television operator is Foxtel. Uh, they also own um, two streaming services. Uh, one's called Binge, which is general entertainment, and the second is KO, and they wholly own that. And KO is purely a sports OTT service. Right. So all content that is on Foxtel is also on KO, but I can get a sports subscription only on KO. Um, And that's significantly cheaper than if I buy a package on Foxtel, which is exactly the same as Sky. It's including general entertainment and and movies, etc. Can you tell me the price difference between a full Foxtel and a KO package? Have you got that off the top of your head? Yeah, top of my head, it's about... I think KO is now about $25 a month. Um, and I think it, the full package on Foxtel is about 45 to $50 a month. And say two years ago, that was $75 a month. 
Wow. Well, and the KO, uh, the KO service is all streaming, so you'll get it through your phone and cast it to your TV. Is, is it just simply streaming? It's purely streaming, and it's it's a, it's really modelled on ESPN Plus, which is the streaming sports service in the United States for Disney. Uh, so it's and it's all content. So all of the Foxtel content for sport is on KO. So it's NRL, AFL, uh, cricket, etc. So it is the it is the must uh, visit place for sports content in Australia. Now, I read that Disney Plus has got something like 100 million subscribers, but they're losing billions of dollars a year. How, how does that turn around, or will it will it just slide away and we're going to look at a whole new um, format for watching our sport? Uh, that is a, the, the billion-dollar question, and mm-hmm. frankly, it, it's a fundamental question. Um, it, so all of the streaming players other than Netflix, are losing money as we speak. Wow. And so, so the issue is either they've got to put up their their rates to us, the consumers, or they need to um, increase their number of subscribers, which is now challenging because there's so many providers available, um, or they've got to reduce the cost of their content. Now, I can't see premium sport reducing anytime soon because um, global fans still love their sport and it's interesting that's still the case with the the younger generations like uh, Gen Z. The sport, they are still passionate sports um, followers. They follow it differently and that's why OTT is very attractive to uh, to them, why is it attracting attractive to the suppliers? You've just mentioned there all streaming services are losing money except Netflix. Um, why are they getting into the market if it's a money loser? Is, is there something on the horizon that's going to turn it round? Um, the the issue. Well, the, the, there's two two answers to that question. Firstly, the consumer wants to watch this. Uh, their sport, their general entertainment, increasingly on a streaming service, which they can then put onto their television, or put it, watch it on their smartphone or their um, their tablet. Uh, so there's a there is a consumer desire, and this is a global issue, uh, to watch more of their television on a streaming service. The issue is that. Right now, they're not making money. Uh, none of them are. And what I can see is there'll be consolidation across the industry. Mm. So it will actually go reconsolidate. Where say there, are, I think I think I've got at home now something like seven streaming services. Wow. And and if you th- and and if you think about that, they're, they're somewhere between ten and fifteen dollars. You multiply that up, that's more than you'd pay for the Foxtel service. Um, so I can see the world reconsolidating um, and there will be the winners and the losers in this, but the winners will, ha- will be wanting, in, in the case of sport, must retain the, 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 the must-have sports. And frankly, that's why Spark 
ultimately um, was not successful because other than getting the World Cup, uh, they, they could not get break into rugby. And rugby is the, the, the total dynamic for sport in New Zealand as far as viewership is concerned. I'm not saying that's not, you know, you're very strong across a, a broad spectre of sports and a lot of interest, but it, what, what holds it all together is rugby. Can you see a time, Colin, because th- this would be, and I'm just talking about me individually, a time when there's a central hub and I say, this weekend I want to watch Manly play Canberra, I want to see Hawthorne play the Demons, I want to see um, the Auckland Blues against the Crusaders, and I want to watch um, a bit of Tour de France, and it's like $2, $4, $3, $2, there's my basket purchase from a central broadcasting hub. Yeah, I actually think you're right. And that's why I was talking about the consolidation model. I can see it reconsolidating up. And then how you buy off that package, you could buy a selection of what what you want to watch and therefore you'll pay a package cost for that um, or you'll pay, you know, one week you'll pay X, um, next week you might pay X or 2x, double that, because there's more content you want to watch. Mm. I can actually see uh, the, the market reconsolidate. But the future of just general entertainment packages plus sport uh, per se, I think that's challenging. We're talking to Colin. Consumers don't want it. Yeah, talking to Colin Smith. Um, he's Global Media Sports. What What do you think the next... The next thing is, one thing I think has been great for sport, sports broadcasting, has been the drive to survive, the break point. I know they're making one at the moment behind the scenes of the PGA Tour. They're doing behind the scenes of Six Nations. Um, this, I just feel like there's a convergence somewhere of magazine type sports stories, which will increase the appetite to watch those sports. Can you see a combination of of documentary type stuff falling into increased viewership of live sport because I know Drive to Survive has converted so many people, even my producer who now buys the streaming service from F1 and he watches the race from a cockpit of Max Verstappen's car. So uh, docu series are, are going to um, increase dramatically and that's going to have a flow on effect to the sport and the sport to the docu series. Um, and you know it's interesting how Netflix is playing in that that territory. They're saying sports rights are too expensive for them because if they have to buy globally. But what they have done and been very successful with is these series of docu series. And frankly, so is Apple. You know, the I don't know if you, you've seen it, but there is a, a excellent program on the the Super League War, which was when um, 12 clubs out of the Champions League in Europe uh, decided to exit from Champions League and form their own league. Mm. Now, three days later, that all imploded. And this is a, a brilliant knock, uh, docu-series on Apple TV+. And there's another one on FIFA. So I think they're, they're really compelling viewing and actually reinforces why I want to watch the events themselves. The other part of that is increasingly young people are following not leagues 
they're following teams and they're following individuals. You know, they're following the stars. So therefore, a docu-series on certain athletes, certain players, and some of the exciting parts of that uh, will be increasingly popular, especially the Gen Z. Finally, can you see Netflix, the other only streaming service making money, can you see them moving into live sport or, or, or live anything? Uh, yes, I can. Um, and I, what I would see them doing, and they've been masters at this, of uh, not necessarily going for the premium sports in the world, i.e. football, NFL, or rugby in New Zealand, or uh, AFL, NRL in Australia, but what I could see them doing is funding a global leagues where they think they can, uh, with what you've just been talking about with docu-series, and building a personality of uh, a niche sport mm. and, uh, and taking that to the world. Because one of the things that Netflix uh, wants to do, uh, they don't want to be doing uh, geographic territory uh, deals they would want to be doing global deals and they could actually do quite well with this. And when you think about the phenomena of what's happened with T20 cricket, you know, what, 12, 15 years ago, it didn't exist. And look at it today. It's just huge. Um, and if so, if Netflix got on to a, a sport such as that, that was attractive to, especially to Gen Z, um, and, and globalise it, hold this space. <laughs> Colin Smith, I've really appreciated your insights. You have lifted the lid and um, explained it brilliantly to, to me in the audience. Um, thank you so much, Colin. Uh, brilliant chat. Absolute pleasure. Speak soon. There you go. There you go. Interesting times. The, 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 the possibility of Netflix as a streaming service uh, bringing you some live sport. They are a behemoth. They're the only streaming service company in the world that make money. It's fascinating what's going to take shape and how we watch our sport over the next uh, over the next few years. So I appreciate Colin coming on chatting us today. I, I've got a text in here saying, Staff, I was in Rotorua two weeks ago, Superstock World 240s. 20 other cars trying to smash Frankie <laughs> Wayneman. He kept going and still got third. It was an unreal race. Oh, I'm, I would love to go. And I've had a number of people saying, Staff, come down to Palmy, come to the team champ. I can't. I, um, I'm committed to going to the New Zealand Grand Prix on Sunday at Hampton Downs. So I'll still be motorsporting on Sunday. Uh, pit crew for Billy Fraser, official pit crew. I've been told what time I have to get there for my briefing. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, I think it'll either be uh, holding the lap board out or just moral support. Go, Billy, and cheering as he drives. Right, that's probably my official role. Anyway, some good text messages and more news on this mysterious star that's going to be joining Saturday session uh, at 10 o'clock tomorrow. More news on that after this break.